And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Tuesday. Casey Disclair here. Um, Hope that you guys are enjoying the starts to your day. We're certainly enjoying the start to our day. We've got a fun show coming our way today. We're going to be talking some um, local high school sports, of course, but then we'll also be talking about some local middle school sports um, because we've got a big middle school broadcast that we'll be bringing you today. On Coastal Broadcasting uh, here on KLEB tonight at 6 o'clock, LCO will be hosting E.D. White. And as a result of that matchup, we're going to have LCO football coach slash athletic director, Coach Keegan Pokey, who will be joining us in the next segment of the show at 11.45 to talk about some of the things that the Bulldogs have to do to bounce back and try to get the win over the Cardinals. Um, At noon, we're making a trip to the river. Because at noon, we've got Dwayne Jenkins, the Letcher head football coach, lined up. Coach Jenkins will be joining us to talk about his team. Um, They're taking on South Lafouche on Friday. And uh, defending state champion, uh, it's going to be a really tall task for South Lafouche. Um, But Coach Jenkins is excited to join us and tell us a little bit about his team. He will be joining us at noon. Then at the bottom of the show, you know, the the second hour of the show, we'll talk about all sorts of stuff. We had some exciting Monday night football games last night. We've got a big old weekend to preview we'll we'll dive into all of that lsu women's basketball opened that their um preseason practices before a huge crowd yesterday that was really exciting to see um so all sorts of stuff to talk about there i don't want to neglect nor forget about volleyball um so i'm going to give you guys a rundown of the volleyball scoreboard yesterday as we had a bunch of teams around the state play matches, and there's going to be a bunch of teams playing today and throughout the course of the week, but I want to give you some of the scores and results from yesterday in Louisiana High School Athletic Association Volleyball. Central Lafouche defeats Homa Christian School in straight sets, 25-13, 25-16, and 25-20. So kudos to the Trojans for getting a win over the Christian Warriors. Let's see, we also, yesterday in the local scoreboard, uh, East St. John played Douglas. No score reported there. Man, it was light yesterday. I thought there was a bunch of games yesterday. Terrebonne defeats Ascension Catholic in five sets. A big win for Terrebonne yesterday. They win the decisive fifth set, 15-12. to 12. So good for Terrebonne. Uh, First-year head coach over there doing a good job. Now, today, the schedule is heavier. I was probably looking at today's schedule um, and, and, and factoring that in. Homa Christian School plays Patterson today. Central Catholic of Morgan City takes on Vermilion Catholic. Um, let's see. We've also got, um, where's E.D. White? I know they play today. No, I guess they don't. Um, we got Vanderbilt Catholic that I believe is playing today. Lutcher's taking on Santamont. Ellen, they're taking on Centerville on the road. Assumption traveling to take on East Ascension on the road. East St. John traveling to take on Warren Easton on the road. South Lafouche traveling to take on Thibodeau. South Terrebonne traveling to take on Central Lafouche. Um, and then Division One, <clears throat> Destrand hosting St. Martin's, HL Bourgeois hosting Thomas Jefferson, and those are the matchups. Uh, Thibodeau and South Fush, we told you about a minute ago. Those are the matchups around the state, or around the area, rather, around the Bayou region today. want to wish nothing but the best of luck to all of our local volleyball programs as they continue forward in their season. Um, Pana, we've got a busy high school football week coming up, but before we get to the busy high school football week, We've got a busy middle school week. Um, LCO's taking on EDY today. This is going to be a big challenge. Big challenge for Keegan and his team. Um, they've got to find a way to uh, combat a Cardinal team that's going to be very disciplined, very well coached. Um, uh, we're going to learn a lot today about both teams. I know EDY's going to come in. I know they're going to be ready. I know they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Um, 
I want to see how LCO bounces back. We mentioned yesterday during the quarterback club meeting, they're the team that's used to delivering the punch. Well, they received the punch last week against Thibodeau. I'm anxious to see what the mood and the mentality is like and, and how the kids have bounced back. We're going to learn a lot about both teams tonight. Can't wait for 6 o'clock over at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, I think they're going to be ready to go tonight. Uh, they got something to prove that last week was just a, just a bad game. They're going to be ready to go, and it's a big game. If they want to compete in Parrish, it's a, it's a must-win for them, I think, tonight. Yeah, so they're taking on EDY tonight at 6 o'clock. Also around the area, we've got Raceland taking on 6th Ward at Thibodeau High School at 6 o'clock. Um, not trying to offend anybody here. Raceland should take care of business in that one. They're, hev- they're going to be heavily favored. We've seen both teams. 6th Ward just looks like they're a year or two away. So Raceland should be the heavy favorite in that one. Tomorrow, middle school-wise, we got Lockport taking on Thibodeau Middle out at Thibodeau Middle. Uh, Thibodeau High School's field is free because Thibodeau's junior varsity is traveling to E.D. White to take on uh, the Cardinals for a JV and freshman game in advance of their Friday varsity game. <clears throat> Thursday, excuse me, we've got Golden Meadow traveling to take on Bayou Blue over at Central Lafouge. Bayou Blue's coming in hot. They beat Lockport in their last matchup. So Golden Meadow will be locking up with Bayou Blue. It's a game you'll be able to hear right here. And I'm anxious and interested to see how Coach Brune and the team build on the successes that they had. Look, they went out there and they put it on sixth ward, got a decisive win in their last time out. Bayou Blue historically is not one of the best teams in the parish. But with that having been said, they come in with a victory over Lockport. Um, So it should be a good test for Derek and his team. They're trying to get above 500, trying to win their second straight game. They had a good while to uh, prepare for. They played what last was, I think was Tuesday. Over a week, so they should be well prepared and well rested. But yes, it's gonna it's gonna be a test for them, and hopefully they can uh, string a couple of wins together and um, see if they can stay in the Paris Championship hunt. Yep, for sure. We look forward to seeing how that one shakes out. But first, we've got the LCO and ED White matchup. And then, look, we've been telling you uh, first and foremost, we want to thank all of our quarterback club crowd for coming out yesterday. We had a pretty nice crowd over at Etouffee. We had a good time talking with B.J. Young and getting his game plan and his rundown for what the Tarpons want to do against Lutcher. Um, busy week high school-wise. Central Lafouche taking on Terrebonne on the road. Figure Terrebonne probably favored in that one. Destrahan obviously going to be favored against H.L. Bourgeois. East St. John and Hanville. Does Hanville have any fight in them? Uh, they've been struggling mightily, taking on East St. John, going to reserve to take on East St. John. It might be another tough one there. <clears throat> also around the area, of course, Thibodeau taking on E.D. White might be the biggest game in our area this week. Um, Thibodeau hosting E.D. White there with an opportunity to maybe get their season back on track. This is not a local matchup, but boy, just talk about a heavyweight fight. huh? We've got Zachary traveling to take on West Monroe this week. That'll be a huge, Big one. huge matchup there of two teams that are hungry to go to the Dome. Ellender traveling to take on South Terrebonne. It's a home game for South Terrebonne. They both share the stadium. I mean, it's going to just be a matter of what team's going to wear what color jerseys there. Assumption traveling to take on Morgan City. Morgan City staying hot. Assumption trying to make a statement. Um, we mentioned Dennis every week. His Cecilia team, Dennis Gaines, they're taking on Notre Dame this week. That'll be a big matchup for them. Lutcher and South Lafouche, the game you'll be able to hear right here on KLEB. Then we told you E.D. White's matchup with Thibodeau. Vanderbilt taking on St. Charles Catholic on the road. The Terriers are going to try to get a signature win against the St. Charles team that, <coughs> excuse me, year in and year out is in contention. That St. Charles team. Patterson traveling to take on Franklin. St. James hosting Woodlawn of Baton Rouge. And we got Homer Christian traveling to take on St. John. 
And Covenant Christian Academy is going to be traveling to take on Hanson Memorial. Those are local teams, local matchups. Um, we talked about CCA and Hanson Memorial yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if CCA upset the 4-0 opponent there. Um, likewise, I would be shocked if Homer Christian School didn't beat St. John. E.D. White and Thibodeau is going to be a good one. I think we're going to have a lot of local teams win this week is what I'm getting at. I think we're going to have a lot of local teams get themselves back on track. I think South Terrebonne's in good shape to get their first win. Didn't mention Berwick. They're playing Thrive Academy. That's a great opportunity for them to get a win. I think a lot of our local teams are going to have some success this Friday. Yeah, hope so. And uh, week five, my God. We, we talked about it Midway yesterday, point. last night, and it's time. If you're going to make a move, now, now's the time. Midway point of the season already, man. It's unbelievable to think. Um, look, we... We're talking about this yesterday at the quarterback club meeting. It's a big stretch for South Lafouche because no matter how you slice up the cookies right now, if you're in Division One non-select, you're ranked 31st. If you're in 4A and you take out all the private schools, you're yeah, 29, 30, something like that. Either way, you'd be you'd be well served to continue to win. Um, you got Lutcher coming up this Friday. You're the underdog in that one, um, but then you got some big ones. Home against Assumption. That's a huge game. Huge game. Traveling to take on Morgan City, that's a huge game. St. Louis is very good. You got them at home this year. That's a big game. Tarpons have a lot of football in the next couple of weeks to play that is going to decide, frankly, whether or not they're going to get an 11th game or not this year. Yeah, was it the Tarpons' last three games? The St. Louis, Ellender, Ellender and, Vanderbilt. and Vanderbilt. It's uh, those three, they're going to have to uh, – be nice if they can get two of them. All El- three would be super. Ellender, you know, it's crazy. We talk about this often with basketball. Ellender might be the biggest game of them all because you can't lose to a zero yeah. or one win. Like, you have to have that one. Um, now, after when it's all said and done, you can look back on the season. Uh, how many of South Lafourche's opponents will have zero, one, two wins? There, there, there's going to be a couple of them, and that's that could be the difference. That, that'll that'll hurt. That could be the difference. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Keegan Pokey at LCO. His team's got a big one today. We'll tell you about that and more. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road and Highway 3235 in Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. 
Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Sawyer rocking here on Play by Play. We go to the phone lines for the first time today. We have LCO football coach, Coach Keegan Pokey on the line. His team has a big one today taking on E.D. White. Coach Pokey, good morning, buddy. How we doing, man? I'm doing well. What about you guys? Good. Doing good, man. Uh, you guys have a short turnaround. Played Thibodeau Middle School on Thursday. It was a game that didn't go you guys' way, but have an, uh, another opportunity to take on a quality opponent today in E.D. White. Tell us how your uh, last couple of days of preparation have been, brother. Yeah, and look, I think I think the kids kind of uh, kind of seen the short week as a hey, look, we put Thursday in the, uh, the past. We went ahead, put that in the rearview mirror. We got prepared for them on a, a short notice, one day notice. So we went ahead and uh, prepared for them yesterday. We got our game plan in, defensive, defensively game plan, offensive game plan. I, I think the guys were prepared. I think they're eager. I think they they hungry. I think they're ready to get back on the field. Man, one of the things that had to have been so frustrating for you guys against Thibodeau was, you know, going back and watching it on the internet, you guys were in position so many times to make plays, but were just not tackling well or maybe not taking the right angles. I'm sure that was a big point of emphasis, man. You guys got to get those ball carriers to the ground. Yeah, and look, that's been one of our uh, problems pretty much all season is uh, when we have the ball carrier in sight, whether we have them in our arms or not, we got to make sure they come to the ground. we got to make sure we rally to the ball and take on angles, too. But I give credit to uh, Thibodeau Middle School. Uh, Coach Riley got those guys playing extremely well. They're shifty. They're fast. They're big. Um, very good team. Uh, but like I said, we're going to put that in the uh, pass. But I, I expect us to tackle better, expect us to rally to the football tonight a little bit better than what we did last Thursday. Yeah, for sure, brother. Look, um, offensively, you guys were just getting behind the chains too often, and, and you're not an offense that, that's able to survive playing that way. How important today is it going to be on first down and second down to make sure that you get in those three, four, five yards to stay ahead of the chains? Yeah, our offensive line needs to do a better job. And look, It starts with our coaches. We, we looked at ourselves in the mirror. We went ahead and said, hey, how can we get these kids better? Uh, where we need to put them in, in a better position. Coming off the ball, winning the line of scrimmage, that's something that we definitely need to focus on tonight. If we do those things, I think you'll see us on, on second and short, uh, third and short, and playing football the way we need to play football in order to win. Tell us about um, E.D. White. I, I haven't had an opportunity to see them. If I had to guess, they're going to have a little size. They're going to be very well coached, very well disciplined. What are some of the things you're seeing from them, man? Yeah, um, and, you, and it's crazy. You see <laughs> – their offense is very similar to their varsity offense of the triple option. And then you see uh, the impact that um, the passing game they have on the, the A-grade level, too, as well. You, so they, they go ahead and they run the dive. They run the jet sweep. They run the option uh, extremely well. They block extremely well. On defense, they rally to the ball, uh, football. It looks like they're going to jam-pack the box, 
Um, so we need to make sure we're going to come off, off front, maybe get to the outside a little bit. Uh, but they do some little trick plays here and there. They, they go ahead and do some reverses, but they, they look to pass a little bit more often than what they have in the years past. So we're going to definitely need to go ahead and make sure we rally to the football, coming off the line of scrimmage, and uh, attacking them before they can go ahead and get started on their offensive side. Yeah, real good, man. Look, what was the mood like of the kids after the Thibodeau game? I mean, you guys have been so successful the last couple of years. And look, this is the first time in quite some time that you guys, you know, kind of get beat up on a little bit. How did you guys get the guys' morale back up after that tough one on Thursday? Uh, at halftime, you could tell they were a little down. So we're down like 22 nothing at halftime. And I said, guys, look, if we could go ahead and, and win this half, that would be a big for us moving forward. And look, we didn't. But I can tell you one thing, those kids did not give up. Um, they went ahead. It almost seemed like they, they thought towards the end of the game whether the scoreboard was there or not, whether if we would have kept on playing with uh, no running time, whatever it may be. Um, I think they felt like, hey, we could play a little bit with this best team in the parish. We could play a little bit against these big dogs. Our offensive line started to go ahead and gain confidence as the, the game went on. I think we went ahead and started getting confidence in our tackling a little bit towards the end of the game too as well. So the mood after the game was a little bit better than what I expected. I think I thought them were going to come off of that. They're going to be a little bit emotional because they wanted that one bad. But afterwards, uh, we kind of talked to them a little bit, saying, hey, we're going to move forward to E.D. White. And it looks like they're uh, dialing right now. I think they put it in the pass truthfully. I think they put it in the pass right after we got on that bus, and they dialed in right now. Yeah, good to hear, man. Look, coming off of a game like that, how important tonight is it for you guys to get off to a strong start? Be it, you know, if they get the ball first, maybe force in a three and out, or if you guys get it first, maybe go and punch one in. How important is it to kind of wash that last one away with a good quick start tonight? Uh, extremely, extremely important. It's a confidence sake. You don't want to go ahead and say, hey, look, um, we start off like we did last one, whether it would be a turnover or they sort quick. We need to go ahead, like you said, start off strong, start off quick, um, go ahead and keep the football simple and see how it turns out. But, yeah, extremely important that we go ahead and start off quick, start off strong, so we can gain that confidence that maybe we had lost in the last game. For sure, dude. Before we let you go, what are some keys to victory, man? What are some things the Bulldogs got to do well tonight? Uh, win the scrimmage up, uh, line of scrimmage up front, make sure we tackle, make sure we rally to the football, and just have fun. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time, Keegan. All right, bud. Yep, that's Coach Pokey doing an excellent job, as always. We love spending some time with him um, on these middle school Tuesdays and Thursdays. They've got a big challenge, but it sounds like the locker room has um, been put back together a little bit after a tough one. And uh, look forward to it, man. I think that they're going to play well. I was a little interested to hear him say that E.D. White kind of throws it a little bit. Um, see if the secondary is up to the task. See if the line of scrimmage is up to the task. It's going to be a good ball game tonight. It will, and the Bulldogs will be fine. They're going to be well prepared. Uh, last week's game is forgotten. Uh, coaching staffs are going to do their part, making sure their guys are in the right spots. And uh, I'm expecting yeah, a very good football game. And I like the Bulldogs' chances. I, li I like for them to rebound, I think, even with one day of preparing for the Cardinals. I think the Bulldogs will be ready. They know what's at, uh, what's at stake, and uh, they're not used to being in this situation, but I, I can see them rebounding tonight. E.D. White got a win over Raceland there last time out, but I was talking to Coach Wiltz about the game. Raceland's starting quarterback went out early, so their their offense was kind of hamstrung, and Coach Wiltz was kind of saying, hey, you know, I would love to have a second opportunity at that one. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the way that it goes. Um, but I think, and look, we haven't seen everybody yet, but I think we all – could kind of sort of understand and agree that 
It's Thibodeau, LCO, E.D. White, Raceland, step down, everybody else. And someone out of that top four is going to merge, maybe a couple of teams out of that top four. We might have a, a two-way or a three-way tie or whatever by the time it's all said and done. Um, so curious to see. It should be a fun one. we got two of those big heavyweights tonight going uh, toe-to-toe, and it'll be great to see that matchup play out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the top four, what you just mentioned, uh, in, in the parish of middle school. And the thing is, if you're not ready to play any one of those teams, you can beat any other of those teams on any given night. Especially so, in middle school, because it's such a short game. Like if you, let's say, give up an early score and then turn it over and give them a short – like if you get down 14 nothing, that, that clock runs out pretty quick at the middle school level. So if, yeah. if you're playing eight-minute quarters, remember when you played a six-minute quarter? Oh, I don't we had one this year. Started on that a six-minute quarter that, that flew by, but yeah, you're right. Those eight-minute quarters, you get a drive going. That's why it's important if LCO can get the ball either to start the game or to start the second half and put a drive together, a long drive, and and you go up and you mentioned it during our last broadcast. These two-point conversions in middle school are huge, huge. That if you can convert a conversion. It puts a lot of pressure on your opponent. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Two-point conversion plays at the middle school level. I'll put it to you like this. If I were a middle school head football coach, which I'm obviously not, I would spend a lot of time working on those two-point plays because, man, those are critical, and a lot of times the game is decided by those. And um, get the feeling that tonight's game could possibly be decided by those. But... Last year, we say that E.D. White had a kicker that could kick extra points, and I could tell you, I watched their JV team play last week. All their kicker was doing was kicking it out of the back of the end zone every time, so I'm sure they, they might have somebody uh, who can maybe bang one home, so we'll be paying close attention to that. That's at 6 o'clock tonight at Memorial Stadium. We'll be live at uh, 545-ish, well, something like that. That could be a big part of the game tonight it, if if the Cardinals are they go for one every time and the Bulldogs go for two and they get that conversion, that's going to put pressure on E.D. White. And maybe they're not accustomed to going for two, putting them in a different situation where it may favor the Bulldogs. Yeah, it could. And I I really believe the question that we asked Keegan a second ago is, it can't be third and 13. Like, that's not the way that they play. It's got to be third and four. And on the flip side to that, you know, there were a lot of third and 13s that were turning into – fourth and 13s and they don't like to punt the ball you could convert fourth and two pretty regularly you're not converting fourth and eight or nine or ten very regularly so staying ahead of the chains tonight is going to be absolutely vital I think for both teams obviously but especially for LCO they've got four downs to get 10 yards they've got to be getting two and three yards every play to stay ahead of schedule keep that clock moving keep that clock moving Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to a reigning and defending state champion. Coach Dwayne Jenkins will be joining us of the Lutcher Bulldogs to tell us some things his team is going to look to do on Friday night to challenge South LaFouche. We'll be right back after this. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. 
Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Friday night on ESPN 100.3 and then also here on KLEB, we've got South Lafouche traveling to the river to take on the Lutcher Bulldogs. Play-by-play here, Casey Gisclair. We go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we have the head football coach of those Lutcher Bulldogs, Coach Dwayne Jenkins on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. Look, Tarpons are coming into your house on Friday. Um, three and one. You guys are two and one on the season, playing some good ball. Tell us a little bit about your team, man. The scouting report we get from everybody is you guys have a great defense that's uh, you know kind of throwing the opponents back and a young offense that's kind of finding their way. Give us a rundown to your team, man. That, that's about it. I think if you can be a, a polar opposite of what we were last year, uh, that's what we are. Last year we were the team that was scoring a ton of points, uh, kind of doing whatever we wanted on the offensive side where most of those guys graduated. So we have nine guys that started in the state championship game for us back on defense. You know, we're relying on our defense and the experience that we have on that side, the ball to carry us right now, and that's really what's, what's going on offensively. Uh, we're super young. Uh, we play three sophomores and a freshman on the offensive line, and if there was any place in football that you don't want to be young, it's probably that spot. So we've got a lot of young kids there, and uh, we just we, we, we try not to put our defense in bad situations right now offensively until we can get some footing and find something that we're good at on the offensive side. Uh, we lean on our defense. It's been a very uh, challenging start to the season in terms of the schedule. You know, Thibodeau's better than their record would indicate. St. Charles obviously speaks for itself. Vanderbilt's very solid. So you guys do come into the game battle-tested, and I'm sure that's something that's going to benefit you guys as you go on through the course of the year. Uh, we like to think so, and uh, people always forget that we jamboree against Destran every year, so that's always yeah. <laughs> right, off the, right off the bus getting punched in the mouth and figuring out how good you're going to be. So uh, we, we feel like uh, our guys have been tested, um, and, and like we said, we think our, our defense has been as advertised. We knew that coming into the year that we were going to have to rely on those guys, and they, they've showed up every Friday and, and, and kind of led the way. Man, nine starters back on a defense that, you know, those kids have rings on their fingers, man. They have gone through it. They've won the big one in the Dome. Um, 
Talk about some of the names that we're going to be calling out. Who are some of your big playmakers on that side of the ball? Well, I think we have to start with Brock Luke. Brock's the returning All-State selection. He was a district defensive MVP last year. He's our safety. He's a, he's a box guy. He's a guy that's going to come downhill and, and, and really get involved and, and make some plays in the run game. Last week against Vanderbilt, he had his uh, presence felt on special teams. He blocked two punts. Uh, Rashad Sterling's probably the guy who's going to be the household name uh, around here for a while. Uh, Rashad started for us last year as a sophomore. He's a junior. He's a 6'3", 6'4", defensive end that plays with a, a big-time motor. Started every game for us last year. Um, can really just make plays all over the field and does a, a great job. Physical against the run, but can get after the passer as well. He picked up offers this summer from Vanderbilt and Tulane uh, and UL Lafayette. Uh, so he's a, he's a guy. Uh, Colin Rock, probably an unsung hero. He's number 52 for us. He started every game of his career at LHR High School. He started uh, every game as a freshman as an interior defensive lineman, and then as a sophomore, he moved out to defensive end. And then last year as a junior, he moved to outside linebacker. So his body's changed as he's matured, and he's just played a ton of football for us. Um, another guy that, that has played a ton of football is our middle linebacker, Kai Brown, who made his, I guess, return to the field last week against Vanderbilt. He had uh, got hurt in the jamboree against Destran and uh, had missed the first two weeks of the season. And then we had the open week, week three. So, um, last Friday was his first return trip to the field. He was a kid that started the last five games at uh, linebacker for us as a freshman, and he's back. So um, I guess the other names that you hear, Caden Parquet, a nose guard. Um, he was a kid who's a sophomore now. He started the last three games for us last year, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, and a state championship game as a freshman because of the injury, and he's really just turned it on um, this, this season as well. Dale Smith, another big defensive end back for us. Uh, really a quality uh, high school football player and, and really makes a lot of plays for us. For sure, man. Look, what's the last year been like over there, man? Because, look, I, I love asking people. That, I asked Mike Barber this question whenever South Terrebonne won the baseball championship, and he, he was just so open about, you know, it's just a life-changing experience. You know, you get a group that reaches the pinnacle and they win the championship, and then you make the community so proud. But, but then Coach Barber said, then at some point you realize – Oh crap! We got to start putting our next year's team together. So, like, what's the last year been like for you guys at Lutcher, winning it all, and then you know getting into the spring and trying to start that journey all over again? No doubt, that's always one of the things that's a challenge. Uh, I've just been very fortunate to to be a part of that challenge uh, a, a few times already, uh, either as a coordinator or as a head coach. And uh, you want the kids to soak it all in. You want them to to really enjoy not only the moment uh, of winning a state championship, but you want them to enjoy everything that comes along with it, whether it's uh, the appearance at the Bonfire Festival, riding in a parade, uh, having, having a banquet, being put up for Team of the Year awards and going to, to different functions like that. Uh, you want them to enjoy it. But I will say this group, um, and maybe it's because we had so many guys back on defense, uh, this group wasn't one of those teams that you really had to, to, to rein them in and get them to focus back and understand what it took to get there. So if there's anything, that's been the, the one thing about this team that I have been extremely proud about is uh, when that clock rolled around, even though we had a lot of different things, a lot of uh, events going on to celebrate the 2022 state championship team, in January those guys who didn't play any other sports got right back in the weight room and went to work. And uh, really this summer we had a really good summer. We just – we, we, we're still trying to find our way in a lot of places, and 
uh, the, the biggest thing is dealing with the expectations. And one of the things that we try to remind our kids about is that the goal uh, each and every week is to go 1-0, and and it really doesn't matter what it looks like. So uh, that's been probably the, the biggest thing that we've got to continue to work on. You guys came down the bayou last year and put it on South Lafouche real good, 56 to nothing, and it was a game that really wasn't all that competitive. But the Tarpons are much more improved this year. They've already surpassed last year's win total. They're 3-1. and one. What are some things you're seeing from South Lafouche on film that let you believe, hey, man, it's, it's going to be a challenge on Friday night? Oh, it's no doubt. Uh, Coach B.J. Young is doing an excellent job of, of, of getting those guys playing. You, you know when you play South Lafouche, uh, just from every time we've played them, regardless of where their record's been or, or where they've been, that those kids are going to play extremely hard. And that's been one of the things that I've been impressed about. And I'll tell you this. Coming down to South Lafourche last year, and we came and played a game on a Sunday afternoon one day. The one thing that I'll say about South Lafourche that I think not doesn't get enough credit is the way that that community supports that football program. Um, regardless of what the record was, those, those fans were packed, and there were a lot of people there to watch them. So that's from from an afar, uh, from from some of the schools that maybe uh, on the river that take it for granted, uh, what that support looks like. It was awesome to see that South Lafourche community get out and support those kids even last year when you knew they were having a, a rough year. But this year, I think one of the things that you see is uh, Carson Ogeron and his, his being in a lineup every day and being healthy and the, the impact that he can make yeah. on the offensive side. Um, and really, one of the things that I, I, I'll tell you I'm jealous of is the, the senior, the seniors that are on the offensive line. And I think that that, that is making them go. Uh, they're able to run the ball really, really effective with multiple backs, including Dardar. Uh, but you know, Orgeron is a guy who can make some plays for him, both with his feet and with his arms. So he's definitely something that, that's a challenge to, to get ready for for us on defense. And then I think their defense is swarming to the ball. And, and again, I think it's led by some guys that have some experience, um, especially up front. When you talk about um, uh, Miles Steltler and uh, uh, Tyler Orton, those two guys really, really can be problems for defenses. I mean, for offenses. Man, look, one thing I got to tell you, I don't mean to correct you. The Tarpons are actually really young on the offensive line. They're blocking like some seniors, but that's a bunch of ninth and 10th graders up there, brother. Gotcha. Uh, the, the, the couple guys we had were a couple of seniors. I don't know if that's, if the roster we had was correct was uh, 57, Aiden, Aiden Bruce. Yeah, they got, they, got a, they got a couple of 12th graders, but yeah, they. It, yeah. It, it, that, they that, that, that's the guy, that him and Noah, number 60 are the two guys that we see that are. Uh, really getting after it. There you go, brother. And look, man, um, what are some keys? What are some things the Bulldogs have to do well? What are some things we should expect to see from you guys on Friday? Well, I think for us, it's just kind of continuing with that formula is, is for us right now, and that's uh, continuing to keep our defense in good situations uh, and let, let our offense be opportunistic when our defense gives us a short field. Um, for us, we just need to continue to improve on the offensive side. We, we've got to find an identity at some point. We know uh, regardless of what our team looks like, we know what the expectations are for our program, and that's to compete for district and state championships. So for us, we know that if we're going to do that, we're going to have to run the football at some point. So we need to see some continued improvement uh, with our with our run game. Uh, so for us on the offensive side, it's trying to find some identity up front and being able to run the ball with some some effectiveness. And defense just continue to play our game. Probably the one thing that we need to clean up. Uh, from a our team standpoint, is just cleaning up the penalties. We've got ourselves in some trouble with some penalties, and that was a big part of uh, the, the Vanderbilt game Friday night. We, we we had too many penalties. We made too many mistakes in the red zone, and it cost us points. Coach, talk about the play of your your special teams this year. Uh, well, we've got a we 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 start an excellent spot. We've got a great kicker in Trace Miet. He was a kid that 
uh, came out for football last year. It was his first year, and he went on to kick 93 extra points last season for us. Uh, does a good job of putting the ball in the end zone, and what we've had to rely on him a lot this year is, is punting, and he does a good job there. But I think uh, our coverage units do a really good job of getting downfield and, and staying in our lanes, and then I think one of the things that we are stressing more and more is about being able to get after punts and block them because we think we can those pump blocks change the game. And if you go back all the way back into the, the 90s and the 2000s and you talk about college football, you talk about Virginia Tech and Beamer ball, you know how fast the game can change with a block punt. So that's one of the things that we're, we've continued to stress. And we've got a young kid returning punts for us, and he's done a great job for us so far. He had one little hiccup against the Thibodeau, but uh, Ashton Stark, he's a freshman receiver for us. He's kind of taking over those punt return duties, and we think he's got a chance to be a special one. So um, those are some of the things that you can look for in a special team. I understand that you guys play two quarterbacks at times. Is that just something that you guys play by feel, or do they share drives, or how do you guys mix and match that? It's been a it's been a mix and match. Um, we're, we're trying to find some consistency there. Uh, Quinn Smith, the senior, he's a Southeastern commit in baseball. Uh, he missed all of last year uh, with an injury, so he didn't get to play football at all last year. So he missed all of the JV development. He's a big kid, can really push the ball down the field vertically in a passing game. Um, and, and we've had games where they've gone series, they've rotated series. We've had games where, um, and the other quarterback is Zach Jenkins, who's my son. Um, he's a little more, I guess, into the run game, can make a little bit more plays with his feet. And he did get to play all of the season last year in JV and developed that way. Um, but I think it's been a field thing. Some of them, some of it's um, personnel-based or play-based based on a, a situation. Uh, against Thibodeau, we kind of struggled a little bit. And in the second half, we kind of played them both in series. Uh, against St. Charles, because of the way that game kind of shook out, Quinn got the majority of the snaps that night. And then last week against Vanderbilt, we were we, we started off kind of both of them playing. And then when that game got to a three-score game and we were just trying to, to get out of there and, and preserve a win, uh, we were just handing the ball off a whole lot. Sounds like a winner, Coach. Thanks so much for the time, man. We'll see you on Friday. Okay, buddy? All right, thank you. <clears throat> yep, that's Coach Jenkins with Lutcher joining us here on Play by Play. We thank him so much for his time. Um, I was very thankful that that was one of the phone numbers that I actually had stored in my phone. Uh, so I was able to get him lined up, and uh, he sounds like he's excited about the challenge on Friday. Um, one thing that he, he mentioned that kind of, from a tarpon perspective, made me happy. Sophomores and freshmen are going to have a hard time blocking that Tarpon defensive line. So if they're young up front offensively and the Tarpons could get that penetration, throw off that timing a little bit, we could be in for a struggle. It could be a, uh, it could be a situation where both teams have a hard time scoring on the other. And if that's the case, then it comes down to field position. And that's where you know he mentioned blocking a kick or returning a kick. And all those little things become magnified if it truly is a defensive struggle. Well, look, a lot of times the Lutchers are going to go with empty backfields and they're going to spread the field a lot. Can the Tarpons match up with those receivers? I don't know their plan at all, but can the Tarpons match up? And if the quarterback has time to throw the football, it may be tough for us to stay with those receivers for a longer period of time. If we can put pressure on the quarterback, we'll definitely help. But uh, they – you got to, the quarterbacks do threats. They they can pass the ball and they can also run the football. And offensive wise, it's going to be a challenge against that defense. But uh, I trust Coach Young on on the offensive side to come up with a good plan. Can you imagine how stressful it must be to 
coach your kid and, and not only coach your kid like it's not like his kid's like the left guard his kid's a quarterback I mean that's got to be so stressful and and it, they're not a team that's going to go five and five right they're a team competing for a state championship and he's got to coach his kid at quarterback man I can't even imagine um that's got to be a little bit of added stress a little bit of added pressure pressure because you want to make sure that your kid is playing well and doing great things enjoying his high school experience but you also want to make sure that you know that you're putting your best foot forward with the team and a lot of different things there yeah oh he's just playing because he's the coach's son now, you know and, how that but, goes yes but hey if you win and have success like they have and uh they quiet them down a little bit but it's good and bad i guess coaching your own kid where you get to be with your kid a lot more uh these coaches they, they're away from their family so much and uh, if you get a chance to have your kid with you at every practice and every game, that's got to mean a lot to them. Yeah, for sure. So that one will be Friday at 7 o'clock. We look forward to making the trip uh, out to the river, and we look forward to seeing how that one shakes out. Let's get a break when we get back. We've got some interesting LSU news. Kim Mulkey announced um, some very interesting stuff today, um, and we'll talk about that in the next segment as well. So maybe break down some of the Monday night matchups. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985 868 0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. The LSU women's basketball team opened their practice yesterday uh, for the 2023-2024 season, and a crowd of 2,500 LSU fans turned out to support, including the South Fouche High School girls basketball team who made a field trip out and watched practice. Um, LSU looked great. They've got so much talent on their roster. 
And there are a lot of schools around the country that don't get 2,500 people for their games, much less for their <laughs> opening practice. So it was amazing to see that that momentum that LSU built has continued. But very interesting note came out from Kim Mulkey's post-practice press conferences. And this one hits me close to home. This is very personal to me based on some of the, the health problems that I've had in recent months. Fortunately, nothing nearly as serious as what Coach Mulkey's talking about here. She said that in June, um, she felt a little bit of numbness in the tips of her fingers. Felt great other than that, the tips of her fingers were numb. Thought maybe, ah, arthritis, you know, him getting a little older, whatever it may be. So just on a whim, she goes to a heart doctor. They run some tests. She had a coronary artery that was 99% blocked. She was just days away from potentially having a heart attack and passing away. So Coach Mulkey said she received a stint in June and is now 100%. But boy, oh boy, man, it just goes to show how fragile things could be. And I've been a, I've been a proponent of this since spring when I've started to do it my own stuff. If you feel like something ain't right, go get it checked out. Thank God Coach Mulkey did because she would no longer be with us today if she did not. Thankfully, that situation turned out with a happy and a positive ending. It was my goodness just... Tingly tips of fingers turned into 99% blockage and a heart surgery in the blink of an eye. Whew. When uh, your body gives you signs, listen. Yes, indeed. When your body's telling you, hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that like I should be listening to. I was about to say, <laughs> you of all people who hates going to the doctor. Um, Coach Moki said, and I quote, I never even felt bad. I'm still kind of in shock. We found this accidentally. My message in sharing this with you is, if you're over 50, go get a stress test today, please. And then she also stressed that over the offseason, she made sure that every one of her players in the program, players, managers, assistant coaches, you know, ball boy, everybody got CPR trained just in case something bad happens. Um, so a little bit of a life lesson there for Coach Mulkey, and it's a lesson for us all. Um, when the temple tells us that something's wrong, go seek some help from the professionals. Exactly. You're right. The LSU women's basketball team is loaded. Um, my God, they're loaded. They added, uh, of course, Van Lith and Morrow in the portal. But I was watching yesterday uh, some of the clips of their new, listen to this, five-star, six-foot-six-inch center, Elena Del Rosario, who's going to complement Morrow and Angel Reese in the paint. Um I can't wait to watch that team play, man. And, and it, it sounds like when you draw in 2,500 people to practice, sounds like the state can't wa wait to watch that team play. There's expectations, there's traps, there's pitfalls, there's all sorts of things that could go wrong. But it's going to be a whole lot of fun when that rolls around. And I've never looked forward to a college women's basketball season before until now. I'm ready. This is going to be a lot of fun. They, they're going to have a home court advantage. They're going to sell out the PMAC. There, there's, I mean... 2500 for a practice. The men don't get that. Oh, and they, they 25 for a practice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a good season. I'm still – I'm pumping the brakes on them still. I, I just – I, I want to see how they react to each other. Monday night football was played last night. It was another doubleheader, which I, I don't like. Philadelphia got a win over Tampa 25-11. to 11. It wasn't that close. Tampa kind of scored a garbage time one there. Um the Eagles are struggling a little bit. Um, Jalen Hurts, two interceptions last night. <laughs> Didn't play his best. 
Uh, but their defense is so damn good that it didn't matter. Um, I don't know, man. As a Cowboy guy, I don't necessarily know that I fear the Eagles a whole lot this year, man. For the season, Hurts. Um, let's see. You do the math here. He's, if I could pull up his stats, three touchdowns, three interceptions in three games. Like They're trying to do with him almost like what LSU's trying to do with Jaden Daniels. They're trying to keep him in the pocket more. And it's just not working. Yeah, they won yesterday. They took care of business. They should win. They're better than Tampa. But Hurts threw a couple of picks, a couple of red zone picks at that. And I don't know, man. They just don't feel like they're as good as they were last year. And I say that knowing that they're 3-0. and just feels like they're a little more vulnerable this year. Did you uh, you fear Arizona? No. no. <laughs> yeah, but look, you're right. The uh, the Eagles just they – they, it looks like they lost a step. That they're they're not, um, I don't know. Something's just off on them. But yeah, they they're still three and zero. Hurts has struggled at times, but um, look when they play the Cowboys, that, that's going to be two good games. The one thing that worries me is that the Cardinals play the same way that the Eagles do with that shotgun zone running, and Dallas couldn't stop Arizona doing it. It's going to be hard pressed to imagine they'd stop Philly doing it, but. I don't know. I think some of that is Dallas just wasn't focused and was kind of looking ahead and, and reading the headlines and sipping the Kool-Aid, and you know how all that stuff goes. The other Monday night game, Joe Burrow and the Bengals get one that they had to have. They had to beat the Rams yesterday. They do 19-16. to 16. Um, Your boy Burrow's not healthy. <clears throat> he's not healthy, and, and he's not going to be given the opportunity to get healthy with that offensive line. He was being chased, and... Um, I mean, Aaron Donald was clobbering him all game long. He only got sacked twice yesterday, but he was being hit he took a over couple and hits. over again, and, and the calf doesn't look okay. Um, he, towards the middle of the game, kind of found a little bit of a rhythm. He got Jamar Chase going. Chase had 12 catches, 141 yards. But this calf thing is going to be a lingering issue. I mean, the more and more that he plays on it, the worse and worse it's probably going to get. And... Something that was mentioned during the broadcast last night that can't be overstated <clears throat> is, yeah, Burrow's going to play injured. I mean, that's just what he's going to do. But if he just doesn't practice all season, how's he ever going to get sharp? And, and that's a thing, too, is that he's missing all these reps in practice right now, and that's proving difficult for him, man, because he doesn't look like the same player that we're used to seeing. When you, I don't care what level you want. If you're missing reps in practice – with your receivers, that has to throw your timing off, especially on that level. you missing reps during the week. How can that help your team? And We'll see if it's going to have an effect on them. But at times, they did not look very sharp. Yeah, they do get the win. They survive. They're taking on Tennessee on Sunday, um, and we'll see how that one goes. Um, for the New Orleans Saints, and we'll do a whole segment on the Saints in just a second, but the, the news came out yesterday that it is a sprained AC shoulder joint for Derek Carr. Um, the team is preparing for Jameis Winston to be the starter Sunday, but Dennis Allen didn't rule out that Derek Carr may play in that game against um, Tampa. Tampa, right? Yes. On Sunday. Um, one of the things that was noteworthy as Drew Brees had that injury. And I saw he commented on a podcast this morning and said, it's it's just about pain tolerance, man. Said, you know, if you could go and find a way to get an injection to not feel it as much or whatever, <clears throat> it's just about pain tolerance. But my concern with New Orleans is the same that it's been all year. Is that, okay, let's say Carr, you know, maybe misses this week, then comes back the week after and he feels a little better. 
playing at 70-80%, much like we just talked about with Joe Burrow, will they be able to keep him upright enough to not avoid him injuring it further? Because, man, this season he's been sacked 12 times in two and a half games. Like, they can't keep him upright. I saw a play on YouTube yesterday that was eye-opening. It was, I think it was um, Mike Triplett, I think, who tweeted it out. It was an overhead shot. It was the all-22 shot of the Saints giving up a sack. There were seven blockers, and there were four rushers. Hmm. And Green Bay still got through with two guys. Not one guy, two guys got through and laid the hit on Carr. If you can't win a seven-on-four, you're in trouble. Because there was, if you've if you got to keep seven in to begin with, you're already in trouble because you don't have anybody going out for, for outs. So you can't create any mismatches down the field. Much less if you're getting sacked with seven in protection, you're in a bind. Look, if they don't do something with that offensive line, now, their backups are backups for a reason. Okay, That's probably the best the Saints have. But if they don't do something with the offensive line, it doesn't matter who's, who's starting quarterback for you. It doesn't matter that Alvin Kamara is, is coming back this week. You still won't be able to run the ball. If, if they can't get a push up front, it doesn't matter who's the quarterback. If you don't protect them, can't yeah. throw the football. And it, I think in the third quarter, maybe to the fourth quarter, the Saints got in a rhythm where they started to run the football. For one a series or so, they were getting pounded. They were getting chunk yards running the football. Then all of a sudden, that just stops. And, and I think it's because Winston doesn't have respect from opposing teams that he can – Throw the ball downfield. I think their most effective runner um, without Alvin Kamara is Taysom Hill. Um, the problem is, and I've read a couple of people that cover the team that have speculated this, they don't want to give Hill 20 touches a game because he's 33. I mean, he's not a spring chicken like you, you want. There are no 33-year-old running backs in the NFL today, man. They want to protect him. They want to give him as few touches as possible. But at the end of the day, almost like B.J. Young does with Carson Ogeron, at the end of the day, if that's your best guy, sometimes late in the game you got to just say, hey, go win us the game. You worry about next week when next week comes. But apparently that's the <clears throat> the talk on the street is that they like the between-the-tackle Taysom Hill stuff, and they like even when they put him at running back now at times, but they just don't want to burn him out. He's 33 years old. Good point, because if the Saints run him 12 to 15 times a game, just 12 to 15 He's not practicing the following week. He, he's taking a day or two off because his body needs to recover. So, But I, I do agree with you. I think that, that's the best chance they have running. Now, with Alvin uh, Kamara coming back, that might help. It will, it will help. Yeah, it better help. But uh, I think with Taysom in there, he, he can get some tough yardage. They can be creative with him and get some things done. But, my goodness, offensive line for the Saints, they need to uh, – seriously look in the mirror and, and get that corrected. And you're facing a Tampa defense, excuse me, coming in that's loaded. I mean, Devin White and Vita Vea, and I mean, they've got guys that could cause you some big problems. So it'll be interesting to see how or if New Orleans is able to block them up front because it's a Tampa defense that has a lot of guys that could hurt you. Now, what about this? Okay, let's <laughs> just say Carr starts. He, he, he showed in the first two and a half games where he likes to hold the ball too long. Too long, yeah. And take sacks. Now, knowing with that injury, he's going to know, I can't hold the ball long. Pick six time. 
So will he get rid of the ball and have interceptions? Uh, that that better factor into their, their decision who's going to start. Do you think that the Bucks are any way concerned about Jameis Winston getting some revenge on them? No. You don't think so? No. <laughs> no. You don't think that's anything that they think about? I don't believe. Okay. I don't you think, think that, so. No, I don't think yeah, they're afraid either. I, no. Um, but it is going to be an opportunity for them to maybe try to do that. <laughs> they welcome. Please start. They <laughs> want him to start. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk some LSU. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road and Highway 3235 in Galeano. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just there, Coach Brian Colley. We are enjoying ourselves on this Tuesday. We hope the same for you. We talked a little bit about the Saints in the last segment. Talk about the LSU Fighting Tigers. They uh, took on Ole Miss on Saturday. Or they're taking on Ole Miss on Saturday, rather. Took on Arkansas this past Saturday. Um, Brian Kelly gave a health update of his team yesterday. He said LSU should be pretty much full strength, full steam ahead. Omar Spates is probable. He should be back in the lineup um, after missing a couple of weeks. So if for nothing else, it's a good sign that the Tigers are getting healthy. Um, now it just becomes a matter of, <clears throat> are you good enough to beat Ole Miss? <laughs> um, is that's going to be the big, uh, you know, $32,000 question as you're facing the Rebels in their place on Saturday. Lane Kiffin coming off of a loss. He's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. Um, I think, and, and actually I, I, I got to give credit where it's due. I'm not always the the guy who agrees with Matt Moscona, but yesterday he said something on his program that I think is, is apparent is that, Hey, 
You've got an elite offense. You're going to score on everybody that you face. And almost like what you were saying with South Lafouche this coming into this season is that just give me one stop a quarter. And if you could do that, shorten the game, ball control offense, and you're going to win a lot of 40 to 30 games if you could just get one stop a quarter. That's the challenge. Just find out how you could get enough momentum, be it turnovers, you know, be it you know, getting the team against the sticks with penalties, however you got to do it. Give me one stop a quarter, and if LSU could do that, I think that they've got a shot in the rest of them. But if they don't do that, they're going to lose some shootouts. Yeah, and at the beginning of the season, let's talk Ole Miss for a second. I would have said, shoot, they're going to score 30 points a game, 34 points a game with that offense and with Kiffin. They're kind of struggling, too, a little bit on offense. I I, I don't know if they can put up many points against the, the Tigers. Well, Las Vegas disagrees, and I'll tell you why. Well, of course, yeah. They may come on and score 50. <clears throat> LSU is a two-point favorite. It was actually three and a half. It's going down a little bit. But the over-under, 67. So you do that math, 67. So that means Vegas thinks LSU is going to win like 36 to 33, something like that, 35, 32, something like that. Uh, so they think the game will be in the 30s. Um, that's how LSU beat Arkansas, 34 to 31. Um but you're right. It's an Ole Miss offense that comes into the game kind of sputtering a little bit. They've got the sensational running back Judkins. They haven't been able to figure out ways to get him the ball. Um, quarterback Dart is a dual threat weapon, but if you keep him in the pocket, he kind of struggles a little bit. So, God bless me. What what they put up against uh, Tulane? How many Ole Miss? They scored 37, but most of it was in the fourth yes. quarter. Um, so they struggled for three quarters there. Against Alabama, only 10. Against Georgia Tech, kind of the same thing. They scored 48 against Georgia Tech, but a lot of it was in the fourth quarter. So I guess maybe that'll be a factor is, you know, tempo, 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 up-tempo, you know, play quick, snap quick. Can LSU withstand them for four quarters? Because, look, <clears throat> it's becoming a trend, right? They scored a bunch in the second half against Tulane. They scored 38 points in the second half against Georgia Tech. That's the way they want to play. Uh, can LSU hold up for the four quarters? That remains to be seen. Yeah, and look, Ole Miss's offense can get, get clicking at any time. Because before the season, I just said, I thought they would go in and score 30-some points every single game. I thought they would score a lot more against Alabama, too. But um, thank God they didn't. But coming this Saturday, I, I just I, I don't see them scoring the 30s against LSU. Be a big test for the Tigers. Do you think that they could stop LSU? Because, dude, I got to tell you, um, for a quarter against Arkansas, it was ugly. Daniels threw an interception, um, was throwing the ball at the feet of the receivers. Brian Kelly said his footwork wasn't good. And Brian Kelly said that he told him in between the first and second quarter, hey, dude, get back to fundamentals, just calm down, like, just play your game. And beginning in the second quarter, LSU started a streak where they scored points on their last six drives, um, which is great work. You know, got a field goal and a bunch of touchdowns and the game-winning field goal at the end. I think that it's a Tiger offense that when they are in sync, they're going to be able to score. And everyone, I, I think that if they play their best, they're going they're going to score a lot against Ole Miss on Saturday. I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the key they're going to have to give Daniels time. If Ole Miss can pressure 
Daniels into getting rid of the ball before he wants to, that, that's going to help Ole Miss, and I think that's going to force Daniels into uh, bad situations where he, he may throw interception or he'll get sacked a few times. And, and if they do that, then I think Ole Miss can possibly slow them down just a little bit. But if they protect Daniels, I agree. I think LSU can put points up on the board. Around the country, we've got a really good Friday night game this year, or uh, this year, this week in college football. Number 10, Utah taking on number 19, Oregon State. It's rare that you get a top 25 matchup on a Friday, but we've got it this week. How about this one? This one's a little weird to me. USC and Colorado, I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm not shocked they're playing. They're in the same conference, but they're playing one another at 11 a.m. our time. It's a West Coast game at 11 a.m. It's going to be like 10 o'clock Colorado time. Just weird. Uh, I know that they want to get Colorado on the big noon uh, Saturday game or whatever on Fox. But, boy, that LSU fans complain about an 11 o'clock kickoff. Can you imagine a 9 o'clock kickoff? That, ugh, that's gross. Why? <clears throat> oh, bro, we got to get them on TV. We got to get them on Fox. Oh, mercy. Coach Prime and the crew against USC, they're going to get hammered again, right? Yes. Yes. I just don't see any way that they get stops. Their defense is allowing 475 yards per game. They're not going to stop Caleb Williams. And you see your boy in Dallas, Jerry Jones, commenting how great of a coach uh, Prime is. Because that's going to be his next head coach. I already told you that. No, that guy can't coach in the NFL. I didn't say that he could, but neither could Dave Campo. Yeah. who didn't stop Jerry no. from hiring him. Um, uh, there's no way. I, I will say this. I saw one thing. And look, a lot of this stuff might just be stuff that we see when Dion knows the cameras are rolling, right? I don't mean to make it sound like I think he's disingenuous, but I saw yesterday he was on video uh, talking to the team in practice um, or before practice in a meeting room, and he was reading a text from Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter told Coach Prime, Coach, I don't care what we got to do. I need to play Saturday. You know, like, I got to get back out there. I want to help our team. And Coach Prime replied back, said, you're not ready, son. I care about you more than I care about this game Saturday. You know, you're going to, you're a big part of this program. I love you like a son, whatever it may be. Some of that could be, you know, hey, he knows the cameras are rolling. Let's look nice. But it is really cool to hear a coach say that about his star player. You know, hey, man, I don't care if we lose the rest of them. I want you to be okay. Did you see... <laughs> Uh, he's walking out, I guess, before a game. He has his sunglasses on. He stops, takes his sunglasses off, and does like rock. Kind of sticks his nose up in the air and just looks at, looks around, smiles, and puts his glasses back on. Like, man, what? go back in the locker room. What are you doing? <laughs> Getting recruits is what he's doing. <laughs> but you, uh, yeah, you but may not you, like that. But if you but- don't win... Uh, we'll see. We're, we're certainly going to find out. Um, if he could get recruits to Colorado, it be very interesting. Florida is yeah. the number 22 <laughs> team in the country. And you're right. I don't like that. <laughs> Florida is the number 22 team in the country somehow. They're traveling to take on Kentucky Saturday. Um, Florida played really well against Tennessee. I think that has more to do with Tennessee not being good than it does with Florida. Traveling to take on Kentucky. Let me see the line to this. I, I'm opening it blind, blindly. I'm not looking. I'll guess Kentucky is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Let's see. Oh, you think? Two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Of course they'll be favored. They're undefeated. In, yeah, Kentucky's better than Florida. They're going to beat Florida Saturday. Man. 
could mark down where in the show that I said that so you could cut it out if you, if you need to later. In the no, week. no, I, I, I only cut out the Cowboy stuff. Georgia and Auburn. Um, you think my, uh, Hugh Freeze regrets going to Auburn yet? Auburn's terrible. I hope he does. Auburn is terrible. I, I cannot believe that Georgia's only a 14-point favorite in that game. <clears throat> I watched Auburn play Texas A&M Saturday. Their offense is the worst offense that I've seen this year. Alabama's included. Um, they can't do anything. They're playing a bunch of different quarterbacks. Their, their number one quarterback was 6 of 12 with 44 yards passing. They play three of them now. None of them are worth the lick. As a team passing, they were 9 of 23 with 56 yards. <laughs> SEC. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is trying to put that hurry-up tempo, quick offense it just ain't happening for Auburn this year. They're going to get hammered by Georgia. I, I can't believe that line is as small as it is. Missouri is quietly undefeated. They're 4-0. They're actually LSU's next opponent after Ole Miss. LSU got to go there to Missouri. Um, I don't know that any of this is legitimate. <laughs> they beat Middle Tennessee by 4, beat Memphis by 7, beat Kansas State by 3. Kind of feels a little bit smokes and mirrors. You're playing Vanderbilt this week. You got a chance to get to five and zero, oh, boy. Um, they, they, they should. That that's as good as you could be. It's five and zero. Oh. Then they'll be five and one. Yeah, I hope. Yes. Um, we're gonna learn a lot about the guys in purple and gold this Saturday. If they could, if they could go on the road and win at Oxford, that that'd be very impressive. And it, yeah, it depends how they can put a whooping on them, which that could happen. I, Kiffin, you just got to prepare for his first drive or first couple of drives. And if you stop him there, I think you, you're going to be looking good the rest of the game because there's something about Lane Kiffin. They come out of the locker room, guns are blazing. They go and they, they score quick. And after that, they did, struggle. Did you see what happened to Notre Dame on Saturday? I mean, obviously you saw they lost, but did you see what happened on the last play? No. So Ohio State is down. I think they were what down ten to seven or whatever. <clears throat> They're at the goal line trying to punch it in, try to clinch the victory. Um, it might have been fourth and goal. I think it was maybe third and goal, but whatever it may be. Notre Dame calls a timeout. Marcus Freeman, their coach, and look, I used to root for Notre Dame until lately. Now to see that their fans make fun of Brian Kelly every chance they get, like they have no respect at all for the guy who brought their program back and brought them to the playoffs several times, whatever it may be. Anyway, um, the last play of the game defensively, they had 10 men on the field. Mm. Playing 11 on 10, and Marcus Freeman was like, yeah, oh, well, we've got a better plan for that next time if we're in that situation. Yeah, maybe have the right amount of guys on the field. That sounds like a So they had offense and they had 10? They were on defense and they had 10, and Ohio State just jammed it down their throat and scored and won the game. Oh, so they were trying to stop him. I get you. Yeah, so it's with ten. It's Marcus Freeman's unit, the defense, and they only had ten. And he has a better plan. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, get how, one more. How could you have a worse plan? They're yeah. playing. They're playing Duke this weekend. By the way, Duke is four and zero. Duke is ranked number seventeen in the country. Notre Dame on the road is a six point favorite in that one. It's a little surprising. No, no love, no respect for the Dukies, even though they blew out Clemson earlier this year. <clears throat> No respect. Want me to give you an upset pick? Sure. <clears throat> I think South Carolina could either beat or definitely cover 12 and a half against Tennessee on Saturday. 
I'm, I'm going to go down dying on the South Carolina Hill. I know I I mean, look, I picked them to cover against Georgia. They did. Uh, they were 27-point underdog. They lost by 10. Now I picked them to beat North Carolina, and they lost. But Well, I, I, I can see that with the way uh, Tennessee is not Tennessee of last year. Coming off of a game where they beat Mississippi State, um, South Carolina, I think they're going to go on the road. I think they're going to cover that 12-and-a-half. I think that that's going to be a ball game. I think Rattler, look, if Florida's offense was able to move Tennessee around, I think yeah. Rattler and, and yep. South Carolina will be able to score some points. Your Crimson Tide are taking on the Bulldogs, Cowbells. ding a ding a ding a ding a ding uh, Mississippi State played terrible against LSU, played a little better against South Carolina, lost close. Alabama's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Going on the road, tough venue. LSU blew them out in Starkville. Alabama should do the same, right? I, I should, but this is not a, a normal Alabama team right now. Uh, they should blow them out, but who knows? I mean, I, Alabama's only getting 364 yards of offense per game. Look, Alabama's defense is still playing well overall for the game. They gave up some plays here. They have a few uh, miscues here and there. But overall, I think their defense is pretty darn solid. And there's no reason they should go in there and take this game easy. Should. So we mentioned they get 367 yards of offense per game. Just to compare that. And who would have ever thought five, six years ago, before LSU got Joe Burrow and kind of turned their fortunes around offensively, LSU averages 530 yards a game offensively. (laughs) Who would have ever thought that an LSU offense would average 170 more yards per game than an Alabama offense. It's just crazy to think how things have turned around. Um, Look, man, a sleeper team that I think has a low-key chance to maybe win it all that no one is talking about. The Washington Huskies are really good. They're number seven in the country. They're 4-0. They've got a quarterback who might end up winning the Heisman Trophy by the name of Michael Penix Jr. Uh, A Penix Jr., I'm sorry. He uh, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,636 yards on the season. Talked about yards per game. Washington gets 600 yards per game. They're taking on Arizona on Saturday. Washington is a team that's slowly, quietly creeping up in the rankings. In the Pac-12, we talk about Utah. We talk about USC. We talk about Coach Prime in Colorado, Oregon. No one talks about those Huskies. They might end up being the team that makes it to the college football playoff, though. Yeah, and look, I... Get this year over with. I'm excited for next year expanding to 12 teams. Well, it's going to be an SEC fest, I think. I think that the SEC is going to benefit from that. But I say that. Well, it wouldn't this year. Yeah, I say that. This year, it hadn't worked out. So maybe it is going to come at the right time for the the, the parody and everything. Harbaugh uh, is taking on Nebraska on Saturday. Oh, the mighty Harbaugh's got no. such a brutal, tough road matchup against Nebraska. Um, they are a, an 18-point favorite. I see a lot of people are saying that they're the best team in America. Um, do you buy Michigan as a legitimate national championship threat? Nope. Why not? Coach. You don't like Harbaugh? Nope. Don't trust him. Oh, come on, man. He made it to a Super Bowl. That man walks around with his mouth open too much. That's all he does. <laughs> he can't breathe out of his nose. Yeah, it's like, he just, no. I, I don't, no. I'm not a fan of Michigan at all. Matt Rule and um, the Nebraska team actually is playing good defense. They allow 298 yards per game. And after getting blasted by Coach Prime in Colorado, they've rebounded. They've got a couple straight wins. Now, it's Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. They're not exactly beating you know the cream of the crop. But um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska played them close on Saturday. Uh, yeah, possibly, but Nebraska still has a ways to go. Sketch one more break, and when we get back out of the break, I'll give you some betting picks and we'll wrap up. It's been a good Tuesday show. We'll be right back on, on KLEB. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Going fishing? Come see us at Wakeside Marina in Grand Isle for all of your tackle, fuel, and bait. Looking for a refreshing ice-cold daiquiri? Visit our daiquiri shop on the deck. Wakeside Marina, located at the foot of the Grand Isle Bridge. 985-787-2949. Wakeside Marina, Grand Isle. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in LaRose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Bonjour, mes amis. This is Brent with HUFF Cutoff. Are you looking for that authentic Cajun cuisine like Grandma used to make? We have it right here at HUFF. We're located at 15741 East Main in Cutoff, Louisiana, the corner of Highway 308 and East 67th Street. Hi, I'm Parker Collins. Hi, I'm Madison Calais. I'm E-I-A-2-Fay. It's your fair cutoff, located at 15741 East Main Street, Cutoff, Louisiana. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just there here with Coach Brian Kiley. We're wrapping up. Hope everybody's uh, doing well. We're certainly doing well. One more segment to go. Goodness, got a, ugh. Got a cough drop that's sour. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know what happened. We're struggling. <laughs> Took a vitamin C drop, and it must be like warhead flavored or something. Goodness gracious. So you, uh, your computer screen open. I thought you were looking at a. Picture the final scoreboard from the Cowboys last Sunday. No, 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 no. We're good there. Um, yeah, watch. They might not lose another one. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I've got two aces left in the deck. A, I need the cow. Not three aces left in the deck. A, I need my Cowboys to keep playing well. B, I need Josh Allen to not have a great season. And C, 
I need Dennis Allen to continue to just be the head coach of the Saints because things will take care of themselves from there. Yeah. I, <laughs> look, the last one, I, <clears throat> season preseason started, I think. It looked, Dennis Allen just looked com- comfortable with, with Sean Payton out the way. He, uh, I don't know, I just... Moscone yesterday, speaking to him, he said they got fire them all. He said... Get rid of every last piece of the Sean Payton era, Loomis, Carmichael, Allen, get them all out. <clears throat> that may happen, but I, I don't know. I, he has – he's coaching the defense. He's a defensive coach. They're playing well at times. Not the fourth quarter. They did not. But um, I don't know. I thought he, he was doing okay in the when the season started, and but – this last game should have never happened. You don't yeah. blow a 17-point lead. Nope, not with 11 minutes left. No no doubt. It, it, it shouldn't happen, but I don't know. Pete Carmichael's just not not sitting well with me. Oh, you better watch out when South Foos plays Honville and baseball. He's going to come and hunt you down. Well, he came. I was pointing at you when they walked behind us. Oh, this is the guy that was um, crushing you. In MLB, I was rightly crushing him. Yeah. In MLB, um, we're heading towards the final week of the regular season. The Orioles are likely to win the American League East. The Twins are, are going to win the Central. The Rangers or Astros, looking like the Rangers right now, are going to win the West. Atlanta's clinched the NL East. The Brewers are going to win the NL Central. The Dodgers have clinched the NL West. Now, where there's intrigue is in the wild card race. <clears throat> right now, in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays have a huge lead, nine-game lead they're in. Toronto looks like they're in. <clears throat> there's a situation where if the Astros don't play good ball coming home, they're not going to make it. Uh, they're just a game and a half up over Seattle. And I think they're one of the best teams in the sport. And they might not even make the playoffs. Man, they've got to get hot the last week to even make it in. It's crazy. How many games left? Four or five? Or? <laughs> like six or seven, yeah. Man. In the NL, you got the Phillies who are in. The Diamondbacks and Cubs are holding off the Marlins and the Reds. So, big old wild card chase is going on. It's going to be very interesting to see how those things shake out in the last week of the year. My Atlanta Braves are probably the best team on paper, but pitching injuries, man. We lost two of our starting pitchers in the last week. It's a terrible, terrible timing to have that happen. <clears throat> well, I tell you what, I, I mentioned this before. Thanksgiving holidays, we're going up there towards uh, Atlanta. Watch the NFC South champion Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Sadly, hopefully not. But uh, I don't know how far the baseball stadium is, but I'm just saying this for a future reference that it. Uh, Campground where we're staying at. If it's a nice one, we're going to have to make a make trip it, yeah. and uh, watch some baseball. Everybody says that Truist Park is like the real deal and like it's super awesome. And I know Coach Bryce Gidry's going a couple of times. And yeah, everybody says that it's worth the trip. So we're going to have to try to plan that out sometime. Um, going to have to schedule it when the, the Braves are playing like the Rockies or something. So it could be a sure win or else you're going to have to hear me pouting the rest of the trip. Well, no, it, I want to hear you pouting. I want to hear me pouting. Yep. Um, okay, last thing, and then, then we'll wrap up because we're just kind of rambling here in the last segment. The Patriots have Will Greyer. Remember a couple weeks ago we mentioned that Will Greyer was with the Bengals. New England signed them. He's the former Cowboys third-string quarterback. The Patriots have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week, he said, 
Um, we're changing all of our hand signals, all of our terminology, everything, because those guys know it and they're they're spilling their beans. <clears throat> How valuable you think that actually is, knowing stuff like that going into a game? Axe <laughs> Destrahan. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair it, point. Well, it's very valuable. <clears throat> fair point. It's very valuable if you can, um, you know, ahead what the opponents are going to do. And look, even if you make them change their signals and all, they're taking time away, preparing for you, because uh, they got to come up with other things. So, uh, yes, I think it's valuable. I like what BJ said yesterday. Is that one of the reasons why they went for the swing and gate two point conversion was? to make Lutcher have to prepare for that. You know, hey, if they're spending 15 minutes looking at that, they're spending 15 less minutes looking at something else. So, Oh, you're talking a trick play. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I get it. Well, um, I, I, 100%. You put that on film, give your future opponent something to prepare for. Yes. <clears throat> Keith Menard always told me, and it, he was like the special teams guru, he always told me, he said, man, Casey, it's not that – you know, I'm so obsessed with special teams. It's I'm so obsessed with making my opponent obsessed with my special teams, but that, that that means they're not practicing on other stuff. He said that's why they would always go for two and fake punts, and because he wanted his opponents to be spending all of their week preparing for that and not for his base offense. Just we got to do a where are they now Wednesday? Keith Menor. Yeah, he's working for. He's, I know he was a sporting good company. Yeah, he, he's doing the same thing. I know that because he called me last week. He um, he wanted to borrow some pictures and, and use on their website. Um, so yeah, he's still doing the old sports apparel. We could have him on. He, he'd come on anytime. He would talk some ball with us for sure. No, no doubt. Let's wrap up today. It's one o'clock. The clock says it's time to go. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Brian. I'm gonna be the one acting like the retired person today. I didn't sleep well. I'm going home and take a nap before football, and um. We've got middle school football at 6 o'clock. Get some rest, Grandpa. Yeah, sounds like a winner. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Coach um, Jenkins and also to Coach Pokey. Tomorrow we should have Taylor Griffin lined up as well as B.J. Young. Should be another great show. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you guys.